temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Happy Wednesday afternoon. Good morning not afternoon being stuck indoors for a couple of days i don't know it could be Start 11 at night tra- i would have no clue <laughs> losing Anymore. track a little bit yeah <laughs> a little you. bit um okay so there is a court appearance scheduled for this afternoon uh for jalen elmore who is accused in the shooting at olathe east high school we talked about this uh when this happened there was an sro uh there was a, a gunfire exchange with an sro there it was pretty dramatic I want to talk about it because the attorney that represents him um, has filed a notice saying that he plans to use a defense of mental disease or defect to argue that Elmore is not criminally responsible for the shooting. Yeah, predictable. It's really the only thing they can do. When you've got a school resource officer who can point across the aisle at at that desk at the defense table and say, yeah, that's the guy who shot me. That's pretty compelling. So they know they're not going to be able to get away with a, a defense where they try to say it wasn't him. Their only play at that point is to say that he's not responsible for his actions. The thing is, having anger management problems is not a mental disease or defect. And it's offensive. This is where it, it irks me. This is where I'm annoyed. Is that it's the same people that claim um, alcoholism was the reason that you yeah. did what you did. Or, you know, it, it is offensive. If somebody who's with addiction in my family, it is offensive to people who genuinely have that affliction. You don't just get to blame it. You don't get to make that up and use that as, a, as an excuse for why you shouldn't be responsible for what you did. Yeah, and also it's pretty restrictive. I mean, we hear about what's commonly called insanity defense, but it usually is this. It's mental disease or defect. And you talk about how high a bar you have to reach in order for a jury to say, yes, he was not responsible for his actions because of the mental disease that he's suffering. If all you're saying is he has an anger management problem and he's not capable of controlling himself, that doesn't wash part of what the bar that you have to cross deals with is did you know what you were doing was wrong and i don't think there's a clear case because he had been called in for some other i don't even remember what the behavioral problem what got him called into the office that day was do you um i mean i can tell you what the the probable cause david affidavit says a student told a school counselor this is out of channel five that someone had a gun at school that's and that student previously pulled the weapon on another student so he was uh, kids were already aware of him that counselor told the assistant principal after initially talking with a different student the vice principal and another assistant principal pulled elmore into the school's office they searched his backpack 
he got defensive about it and wouldn't let them search it. So the assistant principal tells the school resource officer, come to the office. That's when Elmore gets the gun out of the bag, fires five shots at the SRO, hits him, the SRO fires back. And that's exactly why I think this defense isn't going to work. Like I said, it may be their only play. I, I don't mind them using it so much because that's their job. That's their I mean, job. As, yeah. as a defense attorney, he has to use everything, every tool available to him. If he doesn't, he's breaking the canons of law. You, you can't, I mean, you can get disbarred for that. Mm-hmm. If there's a defense available to you that, that you figure you can use and you don't, that can cost you big time. So... It doesn't so much bother me. The thing, the reason I think it's not going to work is because of what you just said. When they said, let us search your backpack, he said no. He was hiding the gun because mm-hmm. he knew what he was doing was wrong. Yes. Um, and we're getting calls that we'll get to here in a second. I don't know what those parameters are to prove mental defect, but we can talk about those a little bit, about what they should be, for sure. Yeah. We'll get to the phones if you want to jump in, 913-586-7798. Yeah, Um, just being out of control for whatever reason, because they they told you something you didn't want to hear or whatever it was, and you got so angry and so incensed that you lost all control of your actions, that usually is not nearly enough for a successful mental defect or, or, uh, yeah, mental disease or defect defense to be able to work, but what should do it? Should there ever be a time when instead of prison, you end up in a facility that's going to try to make you not a threat anymore? Uh, all right, we can go to the phones here. Ashley has called us up out of KC. Hi, Ashley. Hey guys, I hate the insanity defense because you have to be a certain level of insane anyway to be willing to take somebody's life yeah. or to be willing to fire a gun in a situation like that. I do think there are circumstances that cause those kinds of things, but I do think that in a lot of cases, if you're willing to go to that level to stop something from happening, there's nothing you won't do. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, but I will never, ever let somebody get away with the, oh, I was drunk or I was high defense or, oh, I was mad. (laughs) It reminds me in this case of the uh, affluenza defense that we had several years ago you know it's bad behavior you chose to do what you did now accept your consequences yeah absolutely couldn't agree with you more so yeah thanks ashley that's what <laughs> there she goes yes um so i'm trying to figure out the circumstances under which it works and the only thing i'm coming up with is if you already have a proven You've already been to a doctor. You you had a diagnosis before this, and even then, I'm not. I'm. It, it's not 100. percent But start there. Start with the fact that like schizophrenia or multiple personality disorder or something something dramatic, not depression. Not and I'm not dismissing some of the other um, mental illnesses, but it needs to be something where you already you're out of your mind already. Yes. Yeah, and depression is a perfect example of that because that obviously you're not saying depression is not a serious thing. We know it depression is. is a very, very serious d- mental disease, mental defect. So that you know, just because it's a serious thing, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a defense for shooting somebody. And again, that usually goes back to: Did you know what you were doing was wrong? Schizophrenia. Uh, it, <laughs> 
is often misused, but let's say for the sake of argument, you have somebody who is in such a paranoid schizoid state that they think that anybody who is coming to help them is coming to kill them. And they don't understand at that point what a cop is, and they don't understand what a civilian is, and they don't understand any of this. All they know is they feel like they're being attacked, and they, they don't know what to do about it. In that case, you, you don't know what you're doing is wrong. You think you're defending your own life. So it's a much better case. And that's what Ashley said about, yeah, don't, don't give me I was depressed, don't give me I was high, don't give me I was drunk, is why mental disease or defect is used so rarely it's one of those one percent one percent things it's like one percent of the cases they even try a mental disease or defect defense and it's successful about one percent of those times it's it almost juries almost never buy it yeah and and you're right i mean he has a a civic duty this defense attorney does to defend his client and if this is the the best you've got then okay it doesn't mean it's going to work right as many of you were pointing on the text line and as we said this too i mean he brought the gun to school he knew he was going to be in trouble that's why he hugged it to his chest and i just want to be clear nobody was killed here yes um he was injured because the sro fired back and hit him and i think it was in the arm um, and the SRO was was injured, but nobody died. Was the assistant principal also injured? Yes, who was in the room? Both, I, I, yeah, I thought he was. Yeah, they were both treated and released that day. And that's what a jury has to deal with. Then is the the giant gulf of difference between I can't control my actions and I didn't control my right. actions. Those are two very different things. Uh, if you have thoughts, want to get in on this one, 913-586-7798. Coming up, KCPD was serious when they said, uh, we are not going to let you get away with those temp plates longer than you're supposed to. We'll talk about that. And in Minnesota, again, it's, the new kinds of plates are out. We'll talk about what Minnesota's doing next here on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Okay, we go to Minnesota for this next story. I don't know if we're just getting tired of what the old plates look like everywhere. <laughs> And so every state's trying to figure out how to do something different. Or if we're having more and more problems with people trying to fake them or they're expired for too long, but somehow we feel like we got to make them more visible. Yeah, and, and Minnesota has done something. Now, this isn't for everybody, but this is a way that they're trying to generate a little bit more money because this is going to be a specialty tag in the state of Minnesota. They said they already have one for the Vikings. They already have one for a couple of colleges. Uh, there's one for missing and murdered indigenous relatives, which I'd never heard of before, but okay. that's there. The Lions Club has their own. But what they're getting all excited about now is what they're calling the blackout tag. Curiously, Minnesota has had this before. In the late 40s and early 50s, their license plates were black background with white lettering on them. And that's what they're talking about bringing back. And they've already done it. Uh, I think they've got a couple of thousand of these things out on the roadways. It costs you 30 bucks to get the blackout tag. Is this something you is this something people want? <laughs> I, I guess. This, uh, so I think they're cool. I, they, they look they really look cool. Fine. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. They've got the little outline of the state of Minnesota in the middle between the letters and the numbers. And it's, like we said, a black background with, with white lettering. Says Minnesota up on top and 10,000 lakes on the bottom. For sure what it does is make your plate more visible to police. Easily. With that black, with that black, black, round, black, black, black background and the That's white lettering. It's hard to say, actually. Can't get the letters out. Um, It makes... It, it's definitely easier for police to read. I don't know if you want that. 
and it would make your car more memorable. And I don't necessarily want that. Well, right. But here's what else is kind of funny about this is that the, one of the reasons that they gave for doing this is, well, Iowa already has them. And I'm thinking, is is really, is your reasoning behind this, let's be more like Iowa? <laughs> because that's the first time I've ever heard anybody really express any kind of jealousy of Iowa for any reason at all. And yet here they are going, well, Iowa's already got these blackout tags. We want to have them too. So they went ahead and did it. There's no logical reason there. I'm, I'm, so I'm going through my head of like, are there, excuse me, are there safety reasons why you would want to have the same kind of plate as your neighboring state? That's a, that's a great point because if you see that tag from a block away, are you going to be able to tell whether it's an Iowa tag or a Minnesota tag? And if you're a cop, that's kind of important. So I would, I would not want this in my state if my neighboring state has it. You want to make it as easy as possible for police, like you said, to differentiate if that plate's local or not. Yeah. Make it blue in the background or something for all the lakes. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, going back to our dust up about the, uh, about the new Kansas tags a little while ago, I think I'm about done with license plates being a fashion statement. <laughs> Uh -huh. Even, I mean, even the, 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 uh, what do you call them? The vanity tags where you have your own little slogan put on them or whatever. Uh, yeah. It's a bit much. It's a license plate. It's there for identification. If you want something fun and whimsical on the back of your car, get a bumper sticker. Yeah. Which I also feel like we don't see as much anymore. Now that's true. I don't feel like we see bumper stickers as much. We don't see bumper stickers and we don't see the little family stickers in the back of your, <laughs> that show all the little stick figures. Uh-huh. Show how many, which was never a thing you should have had anyway, because all it does is tell thieves who you have in your family at your house. I mean, really, it's not good for safety. Um, it is good for money for the state. I mean, the vanity tags are always just going to be a way for states to make more money. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, I don't know what the regular Minnesota tag looks like right now. Are they still using light blue and white? I because this Don't one is either. Yeah, like we said, this one's going to be a specialty tag that you've got to pay an extra 30 bucks for. I, mm, I guess the only time that I could see doing that and spending the extra money just to have a particular color of license plate is mm -hmm. if the regular tag really clashed with the car. So it is the old, I feel like I've seen this forever, that's got the blue across the top. Yep. The 10,000 lakes with the blue, like the lake across the top and the lake across the bottom. It's been, it's been that since I was a kid Yeah, going to Minnesota. I remember it's always been that way. Yeah. Um, when I was growing up, Michigan was always sky blue and white. Colorado was always green with white lettering, <laughs> you know, you, and you would see them forever. And New York and Pennsylvania, because I lived in New York. So New York and Pennsylvania were funny because they were the opposite of each other. New York was a, a yellow orange background with blue lettering and Pennsylvania was a blue background with yellow orange lettering. So you saw a lot of the same kind of thing. I'm not going to Google every state's license plate or I'm going to be stuck on this forever. Uh, I don't even remember what Illinois is. Illinois, boy, uh, last time we were there, it was also a, a blue and white. It was okay. white, white background with a kind of color gradation on the back of it and then okay. blue lettering. Okay. I, I have one for a very long time, but I don't. Yeah, they I don't remember the, that at all. The little outline of the picture of Lincoln on them as well. Uh, being the land of Lincoln, they're kind of proud of that. Of course. But yeah. Um, yeah, the only ones that I can, that I remember thinking, okay, those are kind of cool, was uh, I think New Mexico had the, 
like the Aztec sun in the middle of it in red on a yellow background. And those were kind of mm-hmm. neat looking. And there was one of them. I don't remember if it was like Wyoming or Arizona, but they had the cowboy on them on one side. Mm-hmm. And those look kind of cool. But yeah. aside from that, it's just there for identification. Make it simple. Yeah. Um, and then Casey police tweeted out this morning. Um, <clears throat> in fact, they had pictures up. Uh, they confiscated expired license plates and temp tags over the weekend, did enforcement with a bunch of other uh, law enforcement agencies in an eight hour span. John, are you impressed by this in an eight hour span together? And this is a lot of agencies, Platte County Sheriff, Clay County Sheriff. This is all over the place. Uh, in an eight hour span together, they confiscated 63 temp tags, 23 license plates and issued 271 citations. Sounds we picked on them light. last time. Yeah, it, it, it mm-hmm. still sounds a little light because there's just so many of them out there. Every time we talk about this, we get texts from people going, I see them all over the place all the time. The other thing I'm curious about is, OK, you had 271 citations. Why did you only confiscate a little under 100 tags between the temp tags and the regular tags? Who did you just let off with a citation and let them keep their tag? Um, am I doing the math backwards? This says to me they issued a ton of citations for things other than temp tags and license plates. Oh, I just assumed if you if you had your tag confiscated, you probably also got a citation along with it. I assume that also, but 271 citations. Yeah. And there were 63 temp tags and 23 plates. Right. So did they so, only take did they only take your license plate if it was like from 2019? <laughs> you know. Okay, I'm doing it backwards. You're right. You you think it was 271 citations all for the plates, but they didn't take everybody's. Okay, got it. Right, right. I figured some of these were for speeding or some of these were for, for people that they took the plates from. Oh, okay. Yeah, since they you know were talking I mean? about the crackdown, I just figured it was all related to the license plates. Yeah, um, you're right. In an, especially given how many agencies were involved in this. And you're right. I mean, I could throw a rock from my window right now onto the street and probably hit a couple of people that have had <laughs> people that have temp tags on there or plates that are expired or yeah. especially in Missouri where you've got front and back and some people put the sticker on one side, but not on the other. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look at the dates on these. I don't know if you've got the image in front of you, if your eyes yeah, are better than mine to see how how badly expired they were. We've There's... got a 2020 temp tag on here. Yep. There's also 2019, the, the one that starts with the number mm-hmm. three on the right. That's yeah. a 2019. You can go by the colors, too. So that that's that bright yellow. Um, the one that's 20. Holy cow. Yeah, there's a couple of 2020s up there. There's a bunch of 22s and a bunch of 21s. Yeah, even the, well, in that 2020 you were just talking about, that's a temp tag. Yeah, that's a four year old temporary tag that somebody was driving around with pre pandemic, which means it probably expired in the pandemic. Yep. And they didn't renew it because we were a little lax about that at the time. And they just said, oh, I never have to renew it then. Right. Forever. I'm, I'm just good to go. I, I wonder if putting the license plate numbers of the actual tags on here was a really good idea. Because <laughs> now, I mean, you kind of got outed if you were one of the ones that had your tag confiscated. Or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, the other thing is with the metal tags, they may have only been taking them off of the confiscating them. If you attach that tag from a different car, if it was a stolen oh. tag or if it was one from a car that that you owned, that wasn't the car that you had it on. Otherwise, you got a ticket and a stern yeah. warning to hurry up and get these renewed. That could be right. The heck now. Hmm. All right. Uh, feel free to get in here if you have thoughts coming up next. Uh, we turn our attention to kids playing football. 
the ban that California lawmakers are considering for kids. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. All right, we go to California for this next story. Uh, what lawmakers are considering when it comes to kids playing football. Yeah, they're talking about having tackle football restricted to age 12 and up. That anybody under the age of 12 cannot play organized tackle football. And that goes for in school, it goes for like Pop Warner leagues, anything like that. If you're under the age of 12, you're not playing tackle. And if you have played football or if you have kids, feel free to get in here. Um, Colin, how much do we have high school kids playing? Not even high school kids, this is under the age of 12. How prevalent is it for kids under the age of 12 to be playing tackle football anyway? I think it depends on where you're from. I know in a lot of smaller towns, it might not. Like where I grew up, it was all flag football until uh, you hit middle school, which would, for us was seventh, eighth grade at that point. So just a few years before we hit high school, that's when I first started playing football was in middle school. So I, I only saw the flag football circuit but i i'm i'm guessing that the bigger town you get or the bigger city that you get the more you're going to see the full pad tackle football uh story tells us that no state has banned tackle football for kids but there have been attempts to do so uh similar bills that were introduced previously in california new york and illinois failed to pass it's been, Why? it's becoming, well, it, what, what has been going on is it's sort of been happening naturally right. where you're seeing those, not, not necessarily the Pop Warner leagues, but you're seeing a lot of the middle schools, like Colin just said, uh, and even below that, where they're starting to just get rid of it and, on their own and say, we don't need a law. We just know that it's a bad idea for a couple of 11 year olds to give each other concussions. Um, yeah, schools will do this on their own. But they wouldn't be looking at this as a law if you didn't have schools that were still doing it. I have a hard time imagining you let a 10-year-old play tackle football. Oh, yeah. We, and, we had – oh, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Well, just because in part, my understanding of this, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, is that you are taught how to tackle because there are places you can't hit and there's, you just don't go up and run into somebody and knock them over. And I'm surprised that 10 year olds know the game well enough yet to be letting them tackle. Yeah. When I was in Florida, we had leagues like that, that I don't know if they were necessarily under the pop Warner banner. Uh, they may have just been some other related little league, but they had kids seven, eight years old that were in, like Colin said, in full pads and helmets and out there playing tackle football. I don't know if that still happens. It's been a little while, but that was there when I was there. And I, I just, I, I didn't like the idea of it at the time. Um, and honestly, even at 12, I, it would not bother me at all to see them raise this limit up to 14. If you're not old enough to play varsity in high school, you're not old enough to play tackle. Yeah, I told, I'm totally on board with that. What's the argument against this? What is the lawmaker that says, well, as I answer my own question, the argument against this is let schools decide on their own. Yeah. But what's the argument for letting kids under the age of 12 play tackle football? The only one that I could think of that would make any sense at all, and I still think it's kind of a lazy argument, is building the fundamentals. Like you, like you just said, teaching kids how to tackle when they're 10 years old so that you don't hurt somebody. The idea isn't to hurt the other guy, it's to get him down. So if, if you're having kids all of a sudden at age 14 having to learn an entirely different set of skills, then what's the point of playing football between 7 and 14? Um. Yeah, there are some quotes in the story uh, from some California lawmakers. Flag football is oriented toward leaner, faster kids, and some of the kids that we see in tackle football may not have developed yet physically. Uh, and maybe they're not the fastest kid on the team. They fit so perfectly on a youth football team. They get to play offensive line and D. You take that away from those kids, where do they go? Right. Okay. Because there's not a lot. I mean, when you're talking about big giant kids, kids who are six inches taller than all the other kids in their class and probably outweigh them by 50 or 60 pounds. There's no athletic activity that I can think of that exists for those kids when they're still under age 12. I mean, if you're not playing offensive line while you're playing football, what are you doing? Oh, um, Colin brought up wrestling. Yeah, that you're yeah. right. That That's kind of the other one. Um, here was a stat in the story that surprised me. It's the very last line in the in the uh, in the story. Football participation increased by five percent last year, up to eighty nine thousand players. Um, and I think that's a national number, or that might be a California number. Um, I'm surprised that participation in football in general is going up, just because of the number of parents. And we've got this coming on the text line too. The number of parents that say we've learned enough about CTE. I'm never letting my kid play football. Yeah. But you look at the numbers, you look at the numbers on those contracts, that's a massive advertisement. When you look at what Chris Jones just signed for at the beginning of this season, try and tell a kid who's that big when he's 12 years old that, no, you shouldn't be going after a career in the NFL. Except that we talk about this with other sports, with parents that get too involved and, and yell at refs and yell at umpires, and we say to them, your kid's not going to be the next yeah, right. Pa you know, Patrick Mahomes or whatever. Oh, I, I believe me, I agree. I'm just you're trying to take a devil's advocacy position for yeah. the people who are saying, look, uh, you know, I, I believe my kid has that kind of talent. I believe that my kid can do that. And for the kids themselves to say, look, I want to have an avenue 
because I am a bigger kid to be able to have some kind of, of athletic outlet. And if you're, I mean, if, if at age 12, you're five ten, and you're, you know, 180 pounds, you're playing basketball. If you're 12 and you're five ten and you're 260, you're not mm-hmm. playing basketball. You know, you're not hauling all of that up and down the court for 48 minutes you know, to, to use the line from airplane. So, I, I don't know what you tell those kids to do other than just wait. Wait until you get big enough that the other kids are going to be able to be on that field with you and it's going to be safe for everybody. Yeah, unless we can do something different with improving, you know, the pads and stuff that they wear and improving the safety gear, can we just bubble wrap them? Can we just, you know, <laughs> yeah. like unless, unless we can do bigger helmets and just more... It's the, I'll tell you what, having watched that, um, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez, which was when I was sick, that was one of the many ones that I watched. Mm-hmm. Who would ever let their kid play a sport that's that physical? Yeah. And, I mean, and he was the, 23. Right. And that's the problem is that you'll run into those places. Uh, Pennsylvania was famous for it. They have some of the most uh, talented Little League kids. And if you look around the country, uh, for a while, it was when you're talking about the little leagues that did spit kids up into the major leagues in baseball. Mm-hmm. There was a place called West Tampa Little League that gave the world Wade Boggs, Daryl Strawberry. I mean, it, the the list goes on and on and on. And they all came out of the same little league system. Pennsylvania, it's football. And they've got those kids playing ball. You get these linebackers that are coming out of Penn State. And it's because... They were big, giant kids. Their their parents were big, giant people who worked in the mines in Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what they did. And and so, again, you ask yourself, all right, if we're going to take that avenue away from them, at least until they're 14 years old, are we going to be costing that area the ability to, to take those kids into even a, a successful college career? But if you even it out among everybody, then we're still going to end up in the same place. 913-586-7798. Um, somebody said you sound so out of touch, it's crazy. Boy, the insults are coming in hot and heavy on the text line. Of <laughs> Imagine course people want to play at a young age. Uh, it's the most popular sport, I think you mean sport, in the nation. You guys sound so out of touch, it's crazy. Have you been paying zero attention for the last 10 years about what we've learned about CTE? It's okay if they want to play at a young age. More and more parents are saying, we don't want our kid have all these troubles when they're older because all it takes is one concussion i mean one hard hit and you can have trouble that you don't see until later right and the younger that you start that the the younger that you start having those kinds of concussive injuries to the head the worse your problems are going to be over time and uh, uh, the the names and the stories in professional football especially after their careers are over of guys who have tremendous problems with uh, you know, the Aaron Hernandez situation is a perfect example of that and he was still playing when all of that went down that uh, you're you're walking a very fine line um i mean you know when you start hurling insults like you guys some so want to touch blah, blah 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 that's spoken like a parent who believes that their kid is going to be the next one into the NFL good luck to you um, <laughs> I'm just laughing. Uh, somebody said concussions happen in soccer too, more than football, you bozos. I don't know why I see a bozos in text. It makes me laugh so much. I don't think that's true. Um, well, we can look it it's up. It's not, it's not, but uh, even, okay. So the big deal with soccer is the header, like hitting the ball with your head. And uh, what they've done in a lot of the little leagues in soccer and in a lot of the uh, the high school sports as well is they've taken that out of the game. You can't do that. 
right. until you get to a higher level, until you get to you know, varsity high school or college level, you're not allowed to hit the ball with your head. Yeah, if you want to make the argument to me that there are more concussions in hockey, I would listen to that. Or more injuries in hockey, I would listen to that. It's a more physical sport. I still don't think that's true. And it's kind of the same thing because you're you're not allowed, even in juniors, well, actually juniors who might be, but uh, at the little league level, at the high school level, you're, there's no fighting that goes on. They don't drop the gloves and go beating on each other. That doesn't happen until you get to juniors and into the pros. Uh, we can go to the phones here if you have something to add. Craig has called us up in Ottawa first up. Hey, Craig. Hi there. Hey, I was a youth coach, football assistant coach for a while, and the kids just aren't moving fast enough to hurt each other when they run into each other or when they tackle. It's really slow moving and soft hitting, and I think they're probably more likely to hurt themselves when they're at home riding their skateboard or riding their bike you know, they go down the street to the neighbors and they, they're jumping ramps with no helmet on on their bicycle. You go out to the football field, practice or a game, they've got to have the helmet on. They've got to have all their pads on. And the coaches are watching out for those things. How old were the oldest kids that you coached? Uh, it was like sixth grade. So maybe that 12 years old. So they can play. This was Blue Valley School District up in up in uh, Overland Park, and they'll play tackle from you know age seven up through twelve, and then they go into the uh, school programs. And in all your time coaching, you never had a twelve-year-old with a concussion. No, no, nobody even close. They were the only time they ever got hurt was when you know they showed up early for practice and they were goofing around and and didn't have their gear on and were slamming into each other. That's when they got hurt. <laughs> when they were on the field, they didn't get hurt. Okay, I'll take your okay. word for it. I have seen different things. Oh, yeah, that's possible too. But there's also, I mean, you can't control them when they're uh, out in the, in the street on their bicycle or on a skateboard. You know, that's going to happen too. So. I right. think they're just they're moving slow enough on the football field at that age. They're not going to really hurt each other. All right. Thanks, guys. Craig, thanks. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, I, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Let's see. Uh, we can keep going. Uh, Willie is next up out of KCK. Hey, Willie. Hey there. Um, I wanted to call in a little comment. I played ball in Texas growing up, and we started just after kindergarten, and we played for the boys club. There was like a pop winner type league, and we were in full pads. We're hitting the whole thing and I was a bigger kid so I played nose tackle and linebacker things like that you had kids when I was in third and fourth grade that had position coaches um off duty kind of where like the center that we played with Creed Humphreys is a good example uh, he played at Oklahoma he had a, a center coach when he was in elementary school you know and that, <laughs> that led to his you know being up in the NFL you it's take things world. now where you say parents are looking at NFL money but in college with this name image and likeness rule You've got a guy like Arch Manning, that the grandson Archie, that at Texas riding the bench, and he made over three million dollars this year, not even playing. And you yeah. take Brock Purdy, who plays for the 49ers, one of the winningest quarterbacks out there, and he's making near the league minimum because he went low in the draft. And so you got college kids that are making more money in some cases than NFL players. Yeah, he went he went last in the draft, didn't he? Wasn't he a Mr. Last. Irrelevant? He Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Willie, so what do you think about changing the rules? I mean, is is it the kind of thing we should start looking at for everybody? 
I think you should be protecting kids. You know, I'm not against that. Um, but I think it's it's going to be a hard sell. I mean, I think parents will start underground football leagues. I think there'll be all kinds of stuff going on because they, you know, they want the kids to perform. And some of these parents are willing to do anything, you know, to try to achieve that dream. You got it. All right. Willie, well said. Thank you. Thanks, Willie. Uh, we need to get to a break. A lot of you are getting opinionated on the text line. Feel free to call uh, if you can do so safely. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You're a little more, your setup's a little different at home. Um, So, Rebecca, hang on the line. Everybody else, we'll get to your calls next on KMBZ. Lawmakers in California are considering a ban on tackle football for kids under the age of 12. Um, And we were just uh, talking about the ins and outs of that. Some of you are experts. Uh, feel free to get in here. <laughs> oh, you think they're going to call? <laughs> that's that's no. cute. 913-586-7798. How about Rebecca at Overland Park up next? Hi, Rebecca. Hi. What's on your mind? Good morning. Um, I didn't hear the first part. I just um, was coming back from the gym, and I heard, you know, all this talk about football and concussions. Um, I'm a certified athletic trainer. Um, dealing with sports medicine and youth athletes. And um, I think it's all about education and letting people know and do the research about all of the risks before they do that. Yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, from a parent's standpoint, that makes a lot of sense. But, uh, I mean, there are parents who will roll the dice with their own kids' health because they think there's dollar signs at the end of the rainbow. Oh, yes, I see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, honestly, I have two kids um, and my son, I I had said, I'm not going to let him play football. And um, of course, he did all the sports and then he said, I want to play football. And so, you know, we had a lot of long talks about what that looks like. Um, But I didn't let him play football until sixth grade. So he didn't do any of the youth football um, so he played from six to, and he's in eighth grade now. Okay. Uh, now what was his experience? Like, were they in full pads playing tackle all of that? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, did you go to the games? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yes. some people, I, I didn't want to assume <laughs> yes. I, I figured you were a good mom, but yeah. Uh, yeah. W- did you see anything that worried you while you were at the games? Not only with your own kid, but with the other kids as well. Um, I think there is just always a risk, and I think it's being able to recognize when a potential head injury has occurred. So luckily, um, in, in our school district, we now have certified athletic trainers at middle school events, which is a really key turning point within the last five years. Okay. All so, right. you know, I think it's about um, recognizing that something is happening, but also um, it's not necessarily um, how many concussions these kids have experienced. It's about sub-concussive hits. So those repeated micro traumas over and over again that can cause some long-term damage. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. Um, Rebecca, thank you. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Rebecca. All right, let's get to as many as we can here. Uh, Kevin, next up out of Lawrence. Hey, yeah, I, I could kind of see limiting the, you know, the age limit. But, but what I'd like to see is in the younger ages, if they're playing flag football, that they play it more like real football where you have ineligible players. So you actually have linemen. Because like you say, John, how does a kid 
get to practice being an offensive or defensive lineman if they never get to to do that. But why not have that, you know, offensive and defensive linemen that are ineligible players on offense at the younger level of flag football? And and do what with them? Well, that way they can still develop as linemen, right? Flag football, real flag football, everybody's eligible. Oh, I see what you're saying. Change the rules of flag football. If I remember right, everybody's eligible. It's like seven on seven, and everybody on offense is eligible. Yeah. So the center can snap it and go out for a pass, right? Right. Well, in real football, obviously you can't do that. So make it more like real football, tackle, whatever you want to call it, where where players are ineligible and they are actually an offensive lineman, and therefore they you would have defensive linemen. Gotcha. As, as it's set up right now, everybody's a receiver and a defensive back. Yeah, and what you can do in that case is instead of having the collisions like you normally have on an offensive and defensive line, when the ball is snapped, they all slam into each other as hard as they can. You make it all hands, hands and footwork. So yeah. you've got to keep the other guy at arm's length, you know, rather than bashing into him with your shoulders or your helmet or what your helmet you can't do anyway. But yeah, yeah I can also, see. I, I coached uh, really young kids in flag uh, just for one year, but they need they need soft helmets too. <laughs> Those yeah. little kids. They mm-hmm. bash heads into each other all the time, man. Yeah, uh, it was it was there. There's that happens too. But I also want to say just the last thing. I love you guys' show, but I also want to say I love more from playing tackle football than I learned from anything else in my entire life. So I it. love it, and I hope it never goes away. Oh, thank listen, you I'm a fan. Time. Kevin, thank you. Yeah, and and yeah, make no mistake, I'm a fan. I love watching football. I watch NFL football all the time. You know, every time I get a chance to watch a game, whether I have any interest in it or not, I'm there watching. And my son played in high school and college uh, played football in high school and college i'm not i'm not a football hater <laughs> you know what i mean i don't want it to come off that way uh all right we're out of time now thanks everybody for getting cut up uh we have an update on aaron Rodgers to get to get to that coming up here on kmbz tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 